Hello and welcome back to Little MB. Yeah, I know it's been a couple weeks. It's just one of those things that not not a lot of people listen. So, I mean, I'm not bitching, complaining, whatever. Well, actually, that's what I do. But it's one of those things that when you when I got a lot of other stuff going on, I don't really feel the need to put forth the effort to set aside even 15, 20 minutes to sit and bitch about something. Lately, I've been working on my book. I'm just sick and tired of sitting and thinking about it. Be like, you know, it'd be cool, blah, blah, blah. Honestly, I'm afraid to finish it. I mean, the book's finished. Right now, I'm going through and cleaning it up. And then I got to go through and clean up the the follow-up book to it because it's completely written as well and then I got a buddy who said he'd go through and edit it because the issue with not being able to see is I've never actually visually read a novel so editing as far as dialogue things of that nature I'm unclear on but I'm not afraid of it failing because chances are it's going to fail I mean the only time I ever attempted to write a book before I quit because I was I, I was doing with it what I did with these books. I had the idea, and I just let my mind open up, and I let the story tell itself. I was doing that with the first one I started to write, I guess, eight years ago, seven, eight years, something like that. I didn't like the direction it was going. It was turning into a freaking chick flick. It's like, nah, nah. It, the girlfriend I had at the time, my mom kept asking me because I was letting them read it as I was going. And finally they're like, Where, where's the next chapter? I was like, yeah, I, I'm not doing that no more. <laughs> I don't like where it's going. <clears throat> but um, so in a way, this these are the first books I've written. And chances are they're going to fail. That doesn't bother me. Because in a sense, I've already completed what I wanted to do, and that was write a book. I think I'm more afraid of the success of it. Like, if it actually would succeed. If it'd be one of those that actually make it through. I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe it has to do with why I threw wrestling away. Because people didn't know my name. They focused on me being blind. So maybe that's it, subconsciously. I don't know. But I've been working on that, trying to get through it. The first book's 252 Word document pages so far, which from what I found online, a Word document page is essentially two pages in a book. So that means this book currently is a little over 500 pages. Um, But... I'm getting off my ass and finally going to finish it. Screw it. We'll we'll see what happens. Plus, when it comes down to it, I don't know what to do with it. You know? Publishers, agents, all that BS. I don't know shit about that. So, it's another thing I'm not looking forward to having to look up. But, I'll do it. But, so, last time... I think it was, I bitched about Brittany Griner. 
the fact is, even not even pushing aside the fact that she turned her back on the national anthem out of some stupid protest, I don't wish that upon her. I don't wish it upon her. But the fact is, she was warned there could be trouble ever since Russia invaded Ukraine. There could be trouble since we put economic sanctions on Russia. And then she takes a vape with her. Now, even if it is just CBD, which I guess pro athletes are fond of using for the inflammation and you're not getting high from it, Russia's not going to make that fucking distinction. I mean, use some common sense. You're going to Russia. This isn't going to Utah or going to Florida or Georgia. This is going to Russia. And I, you know, I don't wish this shit upon her, but I heard that they're making a deal to get her and I don't know who the other person is. I hear it's going to be Victor Boot for two people. So you got this guy who has helped cause the deaths of millions of people by arming both sides of conflicts and becoming a multi-billionaire from it. And we're going to trade him for a basketball player and somebody else. Something tells me the two are not worth the one. Sometimes you got to be able to take one for the team. And I'm sorry, Miss Greiner, if you don't like the team you're playing for. Sorry you don't like America. But as the comedian Tim Dillon said, and hopefully it wasn't a joke, she better come home and her and her wife better be singing the national anthem as they're embracing each other. I mean, good Lord. So there's that. And here's the thing about this is going on to another topic, trans. Do what you want. I don't care. But you're not bringing the shit into my house. It ain't going to happen. So my cousin comes over and starts talking about how her daughter's done with men, but she dated some trans dude. Oh, I'm sorry, girl. And she doesn't, she apparently doesn't let anything with a penis into her house anymore. Well, except for her. It's like, it's not a her. And so apparently this trans dude has been stalking my cousin's kid. And it's like, take me over there, let me handle it. You know? I don't care if he calls himself a chick or not. If he's got a dick and balls, he's got the testosterone behind it. And guess what? I'll beat him down just like any other fucking man that wants to stalk somebody in my family. I don't even have to like the person in my family to do that. That's dangerous shit when you're dealing with stalkers. So she just keeps on with it and keeps on with it. Finally, I was like, you know what? I'm sick and tired of you liberal hippie douchebag pieces of shit. It's a fucking dude. He's got a cock and balls. It's a guy. Plain and simple. It's a guy. And I was like, if you get to choose what you want to be, I got 2020 vision and the driver's license. Give me your fucking car keys. Of course, she didn't have nothing to say to that. She just laughed as if I was the one being ridiculous. 
Finally, it got to the point I was like, you know what? Don't bother coming by here again. Which ain't a big deal. I know it sounds like I'm being a dick. But the fact is, she never comes here anyway. So it's like, the time you do come, you want to start that shit? Huh. Not going to happen. Her daughter could decide to be lesbian and bring a girlfriend here. I'd have no problem with that. I wouldn't care. I wouldn't say shit. That's not the same thing. Not the same thing. So, I just, I'm sick and tired of people thinking that they can just force their agenda on you. And guess what? I've talked about the pendulum effect. I talked about it before when this shit was starting with all this trans crap. I talked about it before how it's going to swing back and it's going to swing back hard and people ain't going to like it. That's why you have the reversal of Roe v. Wade. That's why they're trying to discuss gay marriage again. And it's kind of funny, you know, how there's times where if you were crazy, you'd think somebody was listening to you and then stealing your ideas. It's kind of funny. How long have I been talking on here about them using shit just to make us fight so we ain't paying attention to what the government's doing? Like the abortion, like the gay marriage. I just heard a podcast last week. Where Joe Rogan said the same fucking thing. It's like, motherfucker, I've been saying that. (laughs) Oh, man. Good thing I'm not batshit crazy like half the people in this goddamn country. But I tell you, it's... We're we're freaking screwed. Freaking screwed. But I'll tell you what, I'll end this on something cool. When I was a kid, I was infatuated with Young Guns and Young Guns 2, which made me infatuated with Billy the Kid. And it was kind of strange because I never thought, I never believed Pat Garrett killed Billy the Kid, but by the same token, if you remember the beginning of Young Guns 2, It's this guy named Rushy Bill Roberts. And it's this old man who claims to be Billy the Kid. And I was like, well, I don't know that I believe he's it. You know, because the dude would have been 90 years old when he died in 1950. Now, I should have looked up the author's name, but I'm sure you'll find it. It's uh, if you look for it, if you're interested in it. There's a book called Billy the Kid an autobiography and it's actually about brushy bill roberts and it's kind of cool because it goes through like his stories of where he was and stuff like that and he went by so many different aliases he claimed he couldn't remember who he was like during this period or during that period he didn't remember all the time and you got to remember Dude's 90 years old. He's not going to remember everything. But at one point in time, he talked about being a U.S. Deputy Marshal. And if you've seen True Grit or read the book, he was actually a Marshal under Isaac Parker, who is portrayed in True Grit 
and they call him the hanging judge. He was a judge over federal territories, the Indian nation, stuff like that. Places that weren't exactly states. Well, obviously, he wasn't under his real name of William Roberts or William Bonnie or anything like that. But they found that all the places that he said he went and all this stuff, there was a guy there named William H. Carr. Kind of funny. William H. Roberts, William H. Bonnie, William H. Carr. And so it turns out that there was this guy, Bill Carr, that was at all these places that was a U.S. Deputy Marshal during this time period, doing the shit that Billy, this guy, Brushy Bill Roberts, said he did. Well, throughout all the research that they could do, they could not find any evidence that this guy existed prior to or after his time as a U.S. Deputy Marshal. Then... He claimed to be in the Rough Riders with Teddy Roosevelt in the Spanish-American War in 1898. He claimed to be the head of all the horses. Like, he was a bronc buster. I guess he was freaking phenomenal at breaking horses. And so he gets put in charge of all the horses, and he has stories and stuff like that. Well, this guy, Joseph S. Murphy, that actually was in charge of all the horses went through some of the stuff that Billy said he did during the Rough Riders. Once again, there was no evidence of him existing prior to or after the Spanish-American War. And what makes it even cooler, there is a picture that Teddy Roosevelt put in his own diary, his book, The Rough Riders, that he'd wrote. And it's got him and like four other guys, maybe five. One of them is this Murphy guy. And he's standing right next to TR. And he looks, I guess, identical to the one tintype that they know was Billy the Kid. And so they took this picture, the tintype of Billy the Kid, the, t the picture of Murphy standing next to Teddy Roosevelt, and then later pictures of Brushy Bill Roberts and like technology says that they're like the photo comparisons says it's the same dude. And what's interesting as well is the guy that's standing next to TR is wearing a gambler's pinky ring that Billy the Kid's wearing in the tintype picture. So there's a lot of good, solid evidence that this brushy Bill Roberts was Billy the Kid. Now, the other thing that sells me on it, on him being Billy the Kid, he didn't want fame. He didn't want notoriety. If you remember right from the movie, it's one thing they had accurate. That old man just wanted his pardon that was promised to him by uh, Governor Lou Wallace. Because Billy the Kid was not the person who gunned down Sheriff Brady in real life. And yet he, he went on trial and was convicted for it. And Wallace made him a deal. It's like, you testify against these other guys. And I'll see to it you're pardoned. I believe you that you didn't have anything to do with the death of uh, Sheriff Baker. So I'll see to it you're pardoned. Billy testified. He stood trial. Got convicted. Sentenced to death. And... Wallace bailed on his promise. That's all Brushy Bill wanted. 
And there was a situation where he actually got a meeting with the current governor, Mayberry or something like that, that was the governor back in 49 or 50, 1949 or 50. And they kept, they were asking him questions and shit like that. But the guy acting as his attorney is like, you know, you could tell he was anxious. Come to, like, he kept getting things wrong during this meeting. And he wasn't making sense. Come to find out, the dude had a fucking stroke during this meeting in the governor's house. And so that can help make sense. But the governor flat out says, I don't believe, you know, nothing's going to happen here because I don't believe he's Billy the Kid. Well, come to find out, he didn't want to because his grandfather had wrote one of the most famous books about Billy the Kid prior to that. And it would throw everything his grandpa said straight into the frickin' toilet. So it was really cool. I even did a speech on Billy the Kid in eighth grade. We had to pick somebody famous or something like that. So I picked him. The only book our public library had, which I could not find an audio version of because I wanted to listen to it again. It was called Billy the Kid of Short and Violent Life. But there's a ton of evidence out there that it wasn't so short. It was pretty violent, but it wasn't so short. That dude, it's hilarious. When you, if you read this autobiography and see all the crap that he did, because at one point in time, he met Belle Starr, who was a famous female outlaw. And was like at her place for a month or two. And he says that apparently she's the one that gave him the alias of Bonnie. William H. Bonnie. So, when you, like, he also had a ranch down in Mexico one or two different times. And just all this crazy crap. It's like, okay, this is a Wild West version of Forrest Gump. The man did everything. You know, been everywhere, done everything. And the thing is... At the beginning, they talk about when this lawyer goes to... In, like, Roberts did not seek anybody. This lawyer was trying to help somebody else who had claimed to be a famous outlaw. And it helped him out. And he's like, yeah, I'm not the only one. He's like, Billy the Kid ain't dead. He's in Texas. And so this lawyer contacted him and went to him. And... Billy the Kid was scared to death that his wife would find out and leave him. Well, she finally put two and two together during this process. And she's like, you know, she's like, I ain't quitting on you. I love you. And so, you know, apparently they had their moment or whatever. But the first time that he got to talk to Brushy Bill Roberts without the wife around, he's like, take off your clothes. Because Brushy Bill finally said, all right, you got your man, you know. And so Brushy Bill strips down and was like pointed to every single one of his scars and told him where they came from. He had 26 scars that came from either gunshot wounds or knife wounds. It's just like, holy crap. <laughs> he shot and or cut and stabbed 26 freaking times. <laughs> Tell me this dude ain't Forrest Gump. <laughs> oh, man. Just, just awesome. I, I loved the book. I, I, I couldn't quit listening to it till it was done. It was that, it was that awesome.
And the cool thing is, too, it isn't just like, hey, we're going to, it didn't just tell you all the supporting things. It's like, okay, this is where a problem can come about. But what about this? You know, so it's cool. If you're in uh, Old West characters, Old Outlaws, stuff like that, or just history in general, because like I said, with him going to uh, the Spanish-American War and fighting one of TR's Rough Riders, I mean, because that was the thing, too. He talked about, I think it's, he called him Cherokee Jim, some Indian dude that they were scouts, then they pulled him back and uh, made Billy the Kid the head of the horses. And he said, he said, give me Cherokee Jim. Well, in that picture of T.R.'s book, apparently standing next to Billy is an Indian. Which very well could have been the same guy. <laughs> so, like I said, if you're into it, check it out. It's, like I said, it's called Billy the Kid, an autobiography. And it's called an autobiography because it's got a ton of the stuff that Billy the Kid said that he had wrote down because different times he tried writing his own story. One of the criticisms of Brushy Bill Roberts is because how many times he changed his story and there's other things he wouldn't talk about. But it's because he was a fucking outlaw. He was an outlaw. He was wanting to get the pardon he was promised. He wanted to die a free man. But the fact is, he did a lot of outlaw shit. So he didn't want him to say, okay, well, we'll, we'll pardon you for this, but uh, you're still going to hang because of this. So that's something to keep in mind, too. It's, uh, it's, it's just freaking awesome. Love the book. Love the book. So hopefully it's a little bit better ending on a good note instead of just bitching. Still didn't go that long on this, just a little over 20 minutes, but it is what it is. So, you know, if people would actually do what I ask, if you got anything you want to hear about, comments, concerns, questions, whatever, you know, hit me up, littlemb6580 at gmail.com. That's L-I-T-T-L-E-M as in Mike, B as in Bravo, 6580 at gmail.com. Until next time, y'all take care.